Welcome to Sare Nutritional Therapy. I'm your host, T.L. Matthew. I'm the founder of Some Foods, the maker of Some Sweet, and also a nutritional therapist. On this broadcast, we talk about health news and information as it applies to your everyday life. Go ahead and give us, give us a thumbs up if you like this kind of content. Yes, that means like the video. And we want to hear from you. So comment if you have something that you want to share with us and subscribe to all of our social medias. And now on to the broadcast. So what happened if you have a food addiction? So that term food addiction was introduced 60 years ago in food addiction. And it is a specific adaption to one or more regularly consumed foods to which a person is highly sensitive and it produces a common pattern of symptoms descriptively similar to those of other addictive processes. Addictive like consumption of corn, wheat, coffee, milk, eggs, and potatoes. This was reported back in 1956. And so now with the increase of um, worldwide prevalence of obesity, the concept food addiction is becoming popular again with researchers and lay people. So that's what we're talking about. So this is basically very similar to substance-based and behavioral addictions. So the rise in obesity in many countries, it just can't be contributed to genetic factors alone. It's partially based on environmental changes which interact with our biological makeup and appear to underlie the obesity uh, pandemic. Oh, I thank you. I see the note there that the that you can't hear me. Thank you. Thank you. Can you hear me now? Are we good? Great. Great. <laughs> I'm so sorry, you guys. So um, as we're going on. Um, so, yeah, so. Basically, right now, there is what we call an obesity pandemic. And it could be related to say like um, there is also a diabetes a pandemic. This is like global. So a, a large proportion of different populations, they overeat to the extent that it threatens physical and mental well-being and both uh, somatic and psychiatric disorders are associated with obesity and food addiction offers a superficially attractive explanation and potentially an excuse for this unhealthy behavior at an individual level. So they don't, talking about food addiction, it's really controversial. And I think I mentioned this because I'm, I am a self-proclaimed sugar addict. I know that if I would not have stopped eating sugar and I, I couldn't resist it, right? So there are eat, eating disorders, there's compulsive overeating, and then there are food addictions. And so a food addiction is referring to a specific food that you will eat compulsively and overeat. And an eating addiction or the compulsive um, overeating is eating uncontrollably even when you're not physically hungry, feeling shameful and disgusted or guilty after eating, consuming food much more rapidly than normal, 
Um, eating a large quantity of food in a short period of time, eating in secrecy or alone due to feelings of embarrassment, chronic dieter or history of dieting, dieting and hiding or hoarding food. So this is what's related to compulsive overeating. And the basics of food addiction is, you know, is by, con in, in contrast, you experience that drug addiction or substance abuse type addiction, which means that you can't, re you can't resist it. And so we're going to go back and we're going to talk about the food addiction. Um, so number one, you can't stop eating despite having a full stomach. So you overeat. You're full, but you don't feel full. You don't feel filled. You aren't hungry, but have this uncomfortable, intense craving. And it's like an emergency and the world stops unless you can have it. So this is a sign of food addiction. Number two, you have food FOMO, FOMO, fear of missing out, FOMO, F-O-M-O. -O. In other words, that, I mean, basically that's just fear of missing out. You feel like this is your last chance to get that food. Can't, you're not going to, like it's never coming around again. And you promise yourself that you're, I'm never going to eat this again. You know, um, like you're going to quit, you know, so you go for like the, the whole thing, like I, like I would just like have a whole cake and I'm, I'm going to eat like, I'm going to eat half and then I'll go back for another piece and I'll go back for another piece. Of, it's like, like I'm going to, like, it's not going anywhere, you know, but I just can't, I can't stop. Uh, number three, so this is if you have a food addiction, you, um, you use food as self-medication, right? So food addiction, eating addiction, they run along the same same vein except for with food your one specific food um they're very very similar eating it's in particular just going for all kinds of foods just you're just gonna overeat um overindulge in food um maybe binge eat and things like that as you go on number uh three you use food as self medication food becomes your volume you use it when you want to numb your negative feelings. You soothe yourself with carrot cake, for instance, you know, so it just soaks up all of the byproducts of stress and leaves you feeling so relaxed. And that's your Zen place, food. Um, you know, if you are feeling, if you feel nothing, you know, like you're bored, you use food to give you a positive high, just like recreational drugs and um <laughs> and just as a side note did you know research shows that sugar sugar is four times more addictive than hard drugs so sugar is four times more addictive than hard drugs yeah and I would have never thought of myself as, as being a person or characterized myself as being a person that was um, addict, had an addictive personality or that had an addiction of any sort. I used to, I mean, you know, one of my source surprises was like, didn't drink, didn't smoke, you know, all of that kind of stuff, you know, so didn't do any drugs. 
but I was a sugar addict and that was something that would never be, you know, I didn't know it back then, but you know, to even say, um, I'm a sugar addict. I mean, to say it now, people still don't really believe it, but I believe you, me, I've met lots of people now that are freely admitting that they are sugar addicts. Because when I say that I'm a sugar addict, they stop and realize that, Hey, yeah, they're a sugar addict too. Or they're realizing that, you know, they had to quit sugar too. People have had to quit sugar too. I'm not the only person. And I'm fine that, um, even I talk to a lot of people when you, if you, if you cut out one form of sugar, like you might be eating a lot of carbs. If you cut out the carbs, you're going to, you cut out those simple carbs, like you're a bread eater and you cut out the bread, then you're going to turn to another source because that bread turns to sugar. So you're still a sugar addict. So you're going to turn to another source to get that sugar in your body. So that was me, but yeah. So you use number three, you use food as self-medication. Number four, you eat in secret. So as far as the world is concerned, you got it all together. Uh, yeah, you got it happening. But let's say you know so much about nutrition and all of that stuff, and you could write a bestseller about it, but you eat in secret. So, because you don't want other people to know what you eat. Yeah, you don't want other people to know what you eat. I'm not saying that you're a professional. I'm just saying. <laughs> you eat in secret because you don't want other people to know what you eat. Because what if they discover that you're a mess and completely out of control? So you sneak out and you eat whatever you want and you eat it by yourself so you can do it without judgment and without embarrassment. So you eat in secret. So we discovered that we talked about, we just mentioned that. What are the signs, right? What are the signs? So when now we were talking about When, when I said before, compulsive overeating. See the similarities? Food addiction, compulsive overeating. This is very controversial. Oh, what's going on with today's broadcast? My screen just went blank. Can you see me? Can you can y'all see me there? Well, it's saying that I'm connected, but I don't see myself. Okay, there I go. I'm back. Looks very foggy, but I'm back. 
Okay, it looks very foggy, but I'm back. Okay. All right, so. Let's get back to our signs of, of um, eating addiction, food addictions. So um, we had one over number four, you eat in secret. Number five, you blame your bloat on your thyroid or gluten intolerance. So because the world only sees half of what you eat, but all that mysterious weight gain, this mysterious four pounds that you added on, you say I have a sluggish thyroid or I think I may be celiac or that's what you tell other people. And you say it so often that you end up believing it yourself. But you're actually blaming the fact that you're actually blaming the weight gain that you're experiencing on something that doesn't really exist because you're oh, you're simply um, eating too much. Six, you cancel social activities to stay home and eat. You say things like, well, when I lose 20 pounds or when I'm 20 pounds thinner, then I'll be more adventurous. I'll, I'll go to parties with my friends. I'll have lots of friends. But the reality is that when it comes to choosing socialization or eating, you choose eating. Eating always wins because food is your best friend. So these are, this is some signs. Number seven, um, you feel um, you need to, you need more to feel the same effect. So one day you started just by having one piece of cake or one chocolate bar, but today one portion doesn't do the trick. To feel the same effect, you have to have one after the other. And you know the food companies love for you to love the, the adage, you bet you can't eat just one. Food companies love that, right? They make food so that the, um, with things in it so that it pleases your taste buds so much that you bet you can't eat just one, bet you can't stop at just one. That's what they want. But that's not good for us. And that, and that too is like can lead to um, they want that to, to lead to you being addicted to food so that you'll continue to buy the food. But to feel the same effect, you have to, you have to have one right after the other, right after the other, just like someone who has a substance abuse problem. Not that they have to keep, but they just, they're going to continually stay high. They're not going to, when they come down, they immediately have to go back up. They don't want to. Um, experience the world. So somewhere along the line, you become desensitized and you just keep on increasing the dose. You just keep on increasing it. So I think, you know, and I think I, I it's a little fly in here. I told us that I read already that sugar is four times more addicting than any hard drug. So when you think about that, sugar is more addicting. Then what are what are we saying? That well, just look at it. Sweet tea, for instance. Sweet tea is overly sweet. 
It's overly sweet. It doesn't take that much sugar to sweeten it. It's actually syrup. It's borderline syrup. And people drink it and they sell it in the stores. Sweet tea. And, and it's like you, you have to have so much of it. People buy it because it's so sweet. And, you know, and, and that was somebody's creation. Why? Because regular tea, I just can't have just a little sweet. I got to have, got to have it more sweet. And then they, somebody marketed it. Sweet tea. <laughs> okay. You promise yourself that this will be the last time, number eight. You promise yourself that this will be the last time. Like after you binge, the day after the binge, you wake up, you're bloated, you got a skin rash. You look in the mirror and you're like, this is the last time I do that. I'm never going to do that again. You said, I'm cutting it out. I'm quitting. I'm not going to do that no more. And what happens? You go and you do it again. And you say that to yourself time and time again. Because as the day continues, after you just binged on something, that craving for that food comes back. And you try to resist it. You, you have a decision to make. And that decision is not an easy one. It's not an easy one. Because you risk being a nutcase for the rest of the day because you can't get what you want, what your body is craving, or you break the promise and relieve the withdrawal symptoms because, believe you me, the withdrawal symptoms make you feel like you're going bonkers. They do. So let me ask you, does any of this resonate with you? Does anybody out there, you, you ever had these problems? Do you feel like are you that you binge eat or, you know, let's see with the binge eating. Let's go back over there. Do you eat when you're not hungry? Do you eat when you, or do you, when you feel shameful? You know, do you feel guilty and shameful after you finish eating? I mean, do you have any of these issues? Do you eat in secrecy? Are you constantly dieting? Tell me, what are, do you do any of these things? Do you have any of those kinds of issues? You can have anything happen when you go live. <laughs> so we've had, I've had a number of issues today. I don't even know if I, if I could take this all back and do it again, I would. So I just want to say, if you have any, if you have problems like this, if, if your problems extend beyond a basic food addiction, which is just, well, I mean, and it, which is just a singular food and you just can't stop eating that food. You have to find a way to step down from that, which, you know, if, you were, if it was heroin, they would give you methadone. 
in the case of sugar, I use some sweet to step down and, and get off of sugar and stop eating sugar to come off of that. If you have an addiction that's similar to that, if you are um, or if you have an issue where you you're overeating and you have you're binge eating and you're eating a lot and you're overeating on every thing, not just one thing, but anything you do. You just want to, you need something. Um, you, you, you can't stop eating. Now, we talked about compulsive overeating and food addictions, eating addictions. The behaviors, they have some overlap. Okay? So we, we recognize that, that there was overlap in the behaviors. A person may have a biological risk factors for food addictions, such as a genetic predisposition or a neurological chemical imbalance or something. It's right that could cause um, addictive um, that could have increased susceptibility to developing compulsive behaviors. And food consumption can become a way to fill the emotional void. So. And that can be perpetuated by biological influences as well. But if you're experiencing any of these things, anything like that, you really need to, if you, you find that you can't stop, seek professional help. And then sometimes you might have to have some psychological treatment to help you to, to help you stop the behaviors. Um, you need therapy, there may be, you need an individualized treatment plan. Let's see, because everybody is different. That um, your plan needs to consider all the factors, biological, emotional, mental, psychological. You need whole person, you need, you need whole person care. That's why I say be in tune with yourself. So seek out the appropriate help and treatment. Talk to a professional. Um, somebody that can help you deal with your food addiction. And, you know, in some cases it may not be, like I said, in some cases it can really be psychological and you would really need to seek out someone to help you with that. So you're not alone. I can say that for sure. You are not alone. And many people are dealing with food addictions and or compulsive overeating and they feel trapped by their own behaviors. There are lots of people, you are not by yourself, not by a long shot, are you by yourself? People are exper experiencing this and they sense hopelessness. Be encouraged knowing that there's hope for you. Your future's not plagued by abnormal eating issues. And you can begin the journey to freedom today simply by just reaching out and asking for help. How about that? So I'm sorry about all of the hiccups and mess ups that we had in today's uh, broadcast. And I went for 19 minutes of talking. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But this is a serious matter that we were discussing here today. So there is hope for um, for your addiction and um, for if you're addicted to foods and if you're addicted to sugar. Some sweet is what helped me kick my addiction. I'm trying to get my 
notes and screens back here. Some sweet is what helped me kick my addiction. And I'm sugar-free today. That's what helped me. I didn't put it back up on the screen and let you take a look at it again so that you can you'll be able to see that. But that's this is what helped me kick my sugar addiction. And it may very well help you. And that would just depend. You need individual um, treatment plans, but definitely you need to quit. We need to quit sugar. But not only that, if you have if you're experiencing something, do reach out and get help.